0: To the students and the counselors, uh, all of the people who are who are here, who are part of this ministry. God, it is—it's um, a privilege to serve together. It's a privilege to live life together. Uh, God, it is humbling to um, to to be to be called on to open your word and share it with your people. And so, um, Lord, I do ask that you would get me out of the way. God, I, I do ask that you would make my heart soft and receptive of your word. God, that you would make all of our hearts soft and receptive of your word because your word it brings life. And your word, it, it, it betters our life. God, your word untangles us. Your word liberates us. Um, God, your word is your word is what we need to hear this morning, and so Father, please help us. This, you know, this morning in my mind, this is what grace is for. It's a little bit overwhelming. It's uh, a little bit intimidating. It's a little bit maybe messy for for us. We've got all different situations in our lives, and um, it's an impossible task for anyone in this room to successfully lead a group of people uh, into uh, to worship, into obedience of your word in and of ourselves. And so God, I'm just asking that you would speak through me, that you would speak to us, that you would, by your spirit, lead us with your word um, into consecration, into holiness. God, into worship right now. God, quiet our hearts and our minds. you give us grace to just set aside distractions. Lord, help us to dial in, to focus in, to have a laser-like focus on hearing from you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're in Ephesians chapter four. We've been there for a while and, and we're working our way through we're working our way through the second half of the chapter. About God's gift to us, right? In the local church structure. He gave us people, he gave us the church, and the church is there to edify us. The leadership in our church is there to organize us to to grow us, all these different things that we've talked about over the last few weeks. And, um, and, then, and then we come to verse 17. <clears throat> and this morning, we're going to talk about seven markers of an established member in the body. So we've talked about last week <clears throat> how we are a body, and each of you is a, a, a member or a body part, okay? So, like, Gavin is clearly a forearm. Uh, Rashawn, it's clearly a kneecap. Everyone sees it, right? Nate, what's Nate? What body part is Nate? Did you say a tailbone? Oh, I think he said a tailbone. I was like, disrespectful, man. A <clears clears throat> big toe bone? Yeah. And I'm obviously, I see it. He's a big toe bone. Is there a big toe bone? What's the big toe bone called? Broccornate? Metaparsal? Metatarsal. Petatarsal. Nobody knows them. Yeah. So each of you is a different body part, a, a member of the body. And we talked last week, you have a part. In operating and functioning this as a part in functioning in your life. So if you, oh, there are four other toes on that foot. And those four other toes, right? The big toe, he's the big toe, right? But he needs the pinky, doesn't he? The pinky toe, right? What's the pinky toe for? That's Right. Balance? I can balance. (laughs) Look, you're right. Yes. So each each body part is necessary. Each member is necessary for the functioning of the body. And and each member, each body part we talked about, has to be it has to be exercised and it has to be strengthened. It's the others. If you do a curl, and if, if you're a bicep, well, you need your forearm, and you need your, your back, and you need all these different components in order to do that bicep curl, to strengthen yourself, or to be exercised in godliness, right? Yeah, Emily, everybody, flex on them, right? You need the body in order to grow. That's what we talked about. Well, well this week, we're going to talk about what does it look like to be in a body park, an established, body part, an established you look like, if you are a healthy, strong, established, I'm going to use that word, meaning you're here, there's no question about where you're at, you're here, and this is, you recognize, I am a shin, I'm a shin, and everybody knows it, and if you kick, kick me, it really hurts, <laughs> right, but I'm here, and I'm not moving up, I'm not trying to be a femur, I'm not trying to be the tailbone. I'm not trying to be a glutamus, glute, gluteus maximus, right? I'm a shin and I'm here and I know my part. What does that look like? Have that confidence. What is it like to be in a place where you know your role and you know what's going to happen? You know what you're going to be used for. What's that look like? We're going to talk about that. We're going to get to three of them today and then we'll get to four next week. And so here we go. We're going to jump into verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, the first part. Paul says, This I say, therefore. Therefore. Okay, what does therefore show up in your Bible? Therefore, he's saying, Everything I just said, explain. Based on what I just said, I'm going to explain something to you tell you is based on what I just told you. Follow me? So we're looking at the pretext, context, stuff that's around what I'm about to say, but it's specifically the stuff I said before which he just said. He's about to give full exhortation based on what he previously taught. And what he taught was plainly, let me sum up what i been given gifts by Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us gifts. Specifically, he gave his spirit, and, and, and God's spirit is inside of Gavin, right? So it's inside of Gavin, and it's working through Gavin in your lives. That's the way God designed it, okay? But also, if, if I'm Gavin, okay, God gave you the spirit of God, and it's in your life, and it's working through you into my life make sense that's the gift the gift is god's spirit in our lives profiting us edifying us using us growing us with me so based on all of that because of all that god has given us paul exhorts us not to walk as other gentiles what in the world is that those are people those are people who aren't jewish there are also people who aren't what? Yeah, they're not part of the church. Now, we are in the flesh. We're Gentiles, but we're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, there's neither what? Jew nor Greek nor Gentile, right? Like, th- none of that matters. We're in Christ, okay? But Gentiles, those are people We'll just say who are lost, okay? That's how we'll we'll simplify that. He says, don't walk as other Gentiles walk. He says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth from now on, walk not as other Gentiles walk. Don't walk like other people. In the vanity of their mind. So marker number one, what we're looking at, the content of our minds. This is going to be our first marker of an established body part we look at the content of our mind and we're comparing or contrasting the vanity of mind as he says these other gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind versus wholesomeness of mind tracking with me you awake i see some people who look dead that's creepy don't look dead look alive Okay, the vanity of their mind. What's a vanity? What is what is? Here's trick question. What is a vanity? What's a vanity? Yeah, the mirror, right? Right, the vanity. I'm asking because I literally don't know. It's the whole thing. The dresser. 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 We have an arm room. Hey, we have this big dresser and, and, and the mirror, and it's really cool and elegant and classic. It's just really big, and the, and the, our drawers are like too small, and ah, you can never close the drawer. A vanity is something that has a big mirror on it. Why is that called vanity? Because you, you can look at yourself. I don't know. That makes sense to me. Okay, But the word vanity, what it, what it means is Means emptiness, empty. If something is vain, if something is vanity, it is empty. Okay? It's empty. If you look at vanity in Scripture, (laughs) words, thoughts, and actions can be characterized by vanity what you say what you think what you do can be characterized as vain or as vanity so i have a critical question for you critical question is this how much this close your eyes just bear with me close your eyes you'll open them here in a second i'm not going to come around and smack you okay the question is this are the things we say the things we think about, the things we do, are all of those things, are they going to fall out to God's glory at the judgment seat of Christ, or will they burn up as fodder for the fire of His judgment? In other words, the things that you think, the things you say, the things you do, when those things are judged by the Lord, will He judge them? Will He esteem them as, hey, that, that brings me glory? Or will, they, will they be vanity? Will they just burn up as emptiness? Meaning nothing to the Lord. So I don't know about you, but I'm imagining when I'm standing before the Lord and I know that there's a lot of vanity. I know there's a lot that's just going to burn up into nothing. That's a little makes my like, oh, Okay, you can open your eyes. I hope you're thinking about that. I hope you're visualizing that a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it explains it this says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You say, well, it's talking about his actions, not his thoughts and his, and his words. Well... You and I, if we are in Christ, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And consider this, what we think about, did you know, what you think about is what you talk about. Right? Whatever's in your heart, that comes out of your mouth. God said so. So what you think about is what you talk about, and what you talk about is what you do. Right? What you talk about is what you do. We're making these plans. We're talking about all these events. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to do these different events. You talk about. I want to, man. I really want to, really want to go to the pool today. The pool's really great. I like to go swimming. If I keep talking about it, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to go there. So, here's another question set of questions for you. It's not on the on the screen. Are if, if what you think about is what you talk about, what you talk about is what you do. Then, what are you thinking about? Well, how do you think about what you think about? Well, you think about what you, you think about what you put in your mind. So what are you putting in your heart and in your mind? You say, I don't, I don't know. What are you talking about? What am I putting in my heart and in my mind? Well, just think about it like this. What do you talk about? What do you talk about? If you could survey your conversations over the last week, you know what I talk about a lot? Somebody knows. What up? I talk about fishing a lot. Basketball? Fishing. I talk about fishing a lot. So is all my talk about fishing? What is that? Is is it just vanity? Maybe some of it, probably some of it. Yeah. Is that bad? Uh, I don't know. If it's vain, yeah. Right. If it's empty, if it has no if it has no purpose for the kingdom of God, then, yeah, if it's all selfish, if it's all about me. Yeah. But what about you? What have you talked about all week? Is it wholesome? Does it have a purpose? Does it have a function in the body of Christ? Does it have a function to bring in God glory? Is it good? Or is it vain? Is it bad? Is it empty? Is it nothingness? If it's simply vanity and not wholesome, if it's not edifying, if it's not Christ-honoring, we aren't living an established Christian life. We aren't living an established body member life. Right? It's like this. It's like a refrigerator. Like a refrigerator. Kylie and I, we came back from... Maybe it was vacation. I don't remember, but recently, and I opened the fridge, and I smelled death. And I thought, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I closed the refrigerator and to <laughs> That's because I'm not always a good guy. Okay? I should have investigated and, and cleaned it out. Because the next time I went to the refrigerator, <laughs> I opened it smell like death, so Kylie clearly uh, you and I, we're like a refrigerator what we put in will come out put in our insides so if you just consume a whole bunch of media and entertainment, and that's all you put in that's all you think about Maybe you don't talk about it. Okay, that's fair. Maybe you should keep to yourself. But guess what it's doing to your insides? It's kind of stinky. And when you open your life up to somebody, we smell When there's not wholesomeness, Christ-honoring substance coming out of your life... walking with the Lord, or when they've been doing their... maybe in wholesome things maybe you aren't thinking about spiritual things maybe you're, in the you're it and digesting it and then pu- putting it out maybe maybe that's not you maybe you are on the fringe and you have a whole lot of nothing coming into your life i can tell you this if that's the case You know, they they say, is your refrigerator running? You better go catch it. Okay, you might be a refrigerator who's running. <clears throat> you might be taking in all this garbage, all this thingness, and you're through life. And if that's the case, you're not being led by the lord and you are heading in a wrong direction and you will find yourself either because you're not saved you will find yourself at the end of your life in a place of judgment where you will be you will be cast into a lake of fire you'll burn in hell for eternity outside of a saving relationship with Jesus Christ that is an awful awful thought because you will be lonely for eternity you will be in anguish It'll be torture. You won't feel love, but you'll know it was available. That's a terrible place. You might be saved, though, and you might be walking in in vanity, in the vanity of your mind, and you're going to find yourself in a place in life where you are empty and lonely here, surrounded by nothingness, not surrounded by the body functioning working sweating crying together the place of purpose you're gonna find yourself room with the screen because you're a Christian living like a lost person it could be also be because you are lost and this morning as we work through these second uh, and third true you say i'm pretty vain okay hang with me but maybe you're lost maybe you don't know that you're saved you don't know that jesus christ is your personal lord and savior you haven't had that where you invited him into your heart to save you from your sin maybe you haven't had that moment kylie's my wife right let's put it this way kylie's my wife you see this ring on my finger watch this Did we just get a divorce? No. No, we didn't. Guys, we didn't get a divorce, right? I just took my ring off. Are we still married? Yeah. Well, how how do you know we're married? When did we get married? What married us? Well, on June twenty third, 2012, we were standing on a little dock by a pond, at the Kuyat's house. Really? And I said to her, I, among other things, I'm going to be your husband from now on. <laughs> Simple man. And then she said to me, I'm going to be your wife, among other things. And guess what happened? We became man and wife. It was a conversation, right? That's the gist of it. There was a conversation that happened. So that conversation, with Jesus Christ, and you—you you need to contemplate that this morning, especially as we continue to go through these, through these markers. Okay, so let's. Move. So Ephesians chapter four, verse eighteen. Paul is talking about these other Gentiles, these lost people, or maybe they're Christians living like the lost. He says, <clears throat> "Here's what he says about." The understanding darkened, and so here's your marker number two. Marker number two of an established body member is this: What is your ability to see God moving? Do you have to see God move? Can you see God moving? Do you see God interacting with you or with other people? You know what that looks like. I know that when I was a teenager, I could kind of sense it. Like, especially as I was about to be saved and then I got saved and I was like, wow, yeah, God was definitely doing stuff in my life. And I could see him interacting with a few other people. Your understanding being darkened versus understanding being. An enla- illustration: When you jump into the- to swim during the summer, anybody like to swim? Okay. <clears throat> Josie is really into swimming right now. Uh, she's a swim team, but really that just means she she comes with me to the practice and, I- and she's kind of participates a little bit. But she's four and a half. She can't swim. But she really, really is into going underwater. And what she's really into is she puts her goggles on, and we'll go underwater, and I'll make a face at her. And she thinks that's amazing because she can see my face underwater. (laughs) Wild, right? you, have you ever gone underwater and opened your eyes? underwater open your eyes without your goggles on it's not cool right you you have a you don't really know what that body's doing okay was on you see everything very clear goggles are off blah. everything's really fuzzy right and your eyes are restraining are darkened spiritually, it's hard to see. Ephesians chapter 1. This is a few chapters prior. Uh, these verses, I, I, pre- I preached them in the main service. Here's what Paul is praying for the Ephesians. He's praying that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened... He's praying that their eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. And here's what that looks like. Here's what it looks like for us to have our eyes enlightened, that ye may know hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding great according to the working of mighty power. Hope of his calling, riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what Greatness of his power to us for who believe. So here's some critical questions for you. Number one, can you see the outcome of following Christ? The hope of his calling? Can you see the future of if you will just give your life to the Lord? Can you see what that will look like for you? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a judgment seat of Christ? Your life was given to Christ and you said i'm going to i'm going to go evangelize even though it's uncomfortable even though i know i won't be as cool as i think i am now i'm going to go do it or i'm going to get invested in i'm going to follow somebody and then give my life from here until the day i die i'm going to give my life to christ and to his will and at the end of I know that I did what I was supposed to do. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna walk into some glory given to the Lord because he used my life. Can you see that? Some of you, you're like, I can kind of, like, I can put those pieces together. I can kind of imagine that. Some of you are near that. Can you see the joy that God has? Paul puts it, the riches of the glory of his inheritance and being in a God really enjoys dwelling in us. Can you see that? Can the God being with you? Can you sense that? Maybe your goggles aren't on. Maybe you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's okay. Can you see the joy God has dwelling with this? <coughs> I, did. I got put almost, they stitched me up. I got to ride around with these pastors because I was the bloody kid, and like I'd gotten saved. And Midtown was the one on the street. I don't think Midtown really had a youth group. I another church, but me to go to the camp that I got saved at. Right, I get saved. I get cut up. I go to the ER. I come to the camp. People are really excited because I was. You know, I'd kind of been around the church I was going to, but wow, Jeff got saved, you know. Uh, It was really great. It was a a really exciting camp for me. I camped, uh, I I was cabined up with Tony Godfrey was the the cabin counselor. And then Mason uh, Wilson was another student that was cabin mates with me. So like kind of a small world. And then I went home, and I told my parents. And it was really cool. And then I recall several times having some really intense doubts. Like, I, I had a journal. I was trying to journal. I didn't know what I was doing. And I had this journal open, and I was like, God, I think I'm saved. What does this look like? I, my, I had the message Bible. My message Bible out. And I'm reading through it. And I'm like, I got nothing. I don't know how to do this. I think I'm saved, but I'm pretty clueless. And from that point, there were there were seasons of feeling spiritual, enjoying the worship. And there were some seasons of... I don't even know what in the world is going on. This doesn't make any sense. I think I'm saved, but is this it? And that happened for several years, right? But I saw in a moment the power of God in my life, and it wasn't until I bought into someone investing in me, discipling me, teaching me God's word, submitting to God's word, that then I began to see, Power in my life again, and then shortly after, I got to see God's power through my life. Right? There were there were like Lord, that was really exciting. Wow! Through my life, different things like that. Instantly, man, God works. Do you see God working in your life? Psalm one hundred seven, verse eight to fifteen, says, "Oh." Would praise the Lord for his good. Here's what God does. Do you see this in your lives? For he satisfies the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron because they rebel against the words of God and contemn the counsel of the Most High. Have you seen these people? They're lonely. God's word they don't really want to have anything to do with the Lord therefore he brought down their heart with labor they fell down and there was none to help check this out then they cried <clears throat> unto the Lord in their trouble and guess what God does when we cry out when we find ourselves an all-time low or when we find someone else in their low guess what God does when they cry out Out of darkness and the shadow of death, their bands in sunder. Oh, that listen for his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you see God moving in and through your life? If you don't, you might not be wearing goggles. Or maybe you've got goggles on. Saved. Okay, the person on isn't saved. Maybe you're saved. But you still can't see what's going on. Because there's so much garbage in the pool. Because the water is so murky. And that pool needs shocked, right? It needs cleaned out. Maybe you need to skim the pool. The Woodson pool, where, where my daughter swims, there's a cottonwood tree right next to the pool. And it literally, well, like, there's days where it's windy, and you can just sit there, and <clears throat> the lifeguard's skimming the pool, feverishly, like, trying to clean it off, and this tree is just snowing, and it's just cotton all over the pool. It really is. Swimming, and you go to breathe, and you're like, <clears throat> breathing all this cottonwood, right? Maybe you need your pool cleaned. Here's the question. Are you walking with God? Are you hating sin? Understanding what is going on in the world around you, seeing him work in you? Because if we walk in the vanity of our mind, if we're if we listening God, if we're not listening, our understanding dark- darkness darkness. We will be described as the next part of verse eighteen, Ephesians four eighteen, And your life. We'll be described as the Gentiles being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Here's marker number three. It's the quality of mind. Or wholesomeness of mind what's the contents of, of your mind Marker number two was can you see God working can you see we're looking at being alienated from the life of God enjoying abundant life what what's your of life right you may feel alienated from the life of god because you are in need of forgiveness and grace through jesus christ becoming your lord and savior maybe you're like life of god don't know need to be saved maybe it's because we've become ignorant become ignorant of the rich life of god yeah cool whatever i'm saved Hold on. What is the life of God? What is it like to to not feel or be foreign to the life of God? What's it like to be right in the midst of the life of God? Well, if you're not experiencing it, but you are saved. This is kind of what where we're at. So your your is a millionaire. Lots and lots of money. He's got lots of cash. He's got a lot of assets. He even and home has a little uh, pool house. He says you can stay in the pool house. Nothing rotten in there, right? Nice bed. Maybe you've got a foosball table. Big TV, video game. <clears throat> it's good. But your father said, Hey, let me keep my commandments. You said, mmm. No. Because you're telling me that I have to go be uncomfortable, that I have to surrender my will to you. No, maybe you are the kid, a millionaire, and you- I wouldn't run away if I have all that. I would just, you know, defiantly like ignore my dad. Now he says you either obey, or you can go try this on your own. But if you're in my house, you're in my house under my rules. Submit. He said, "Forget, to run off, and you're living in the streets. You're doing your own thing. You're angry against God. <clears throat> but guess what? You're on the run. Your millionaire dad has all available to you, and guess what he's doing? He calls." Down on Twenty Third. Can you go see if he'll come with you? So somebody comes in. My dad said we could go to his house. He's got a meal. A you want to come? We to sing as a family? No, not doing that. I don't sing. Okay. He's like, my son. Moved, he's on the run. He's he's down on Seventeenth and Broadway. Can you go see if he will come with you? Your father is after you. You're running, but the father is after you. After you, and he wants you to come home. Right? Is it like? What is it like if you'll come home? Here's here's what it's like. Here's what it's like to just. Enjoy abundant life and not be alienated from the life of God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8, Paul says to me, Paul is saying, who am This grace that I should preach among the Gentiles. Here's what. Paul saying, hey, you'll just go home. There's unsearchable riches that are available to you. If you're in Christ and Christ is in you, when you house, you have access. The Father Colossians 1, 25 and 27, he says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Here's what Paul is supposed to tell you. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his son. What are you talking about? He's supposed to tell about this mystery. Here's what the mystery is. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? Here's what it is, which is Christ you, the hope of glory. Christ being in you is so rich. You say, What is the riches? What what good is it? What good is it to be saved and to have Christ dwelling in me and to me, me dwelling in him? Me, me plugging into me buying in. It's good to know Christ and His riches because when you know Christ, you have peace and turmoil and pain. Some of you are in turmoil and pain. Some of you are hurting. Some of you have awful circumstances. There have been students who have come through this youth group who don't have parents, who have parents that are abusive parents, who have a family situation that is awful, Maybe you have a friend situation that's awful. There have been students who come through here who are in really, really big trouble. I've talked to students after service that have said, I did this one thing at school and I'm going to be expelled for the next year. Or I did this one thing last week and I'm going to have to go to court next week. Or I'm going to have to go to court for or against my dad some of you have awful situations but you can have peace in that turmoil if you'll just embrace the riches of christ in you or maybe you need grace in your weakness and mistakes i know this about about me i make a lot of mistakes in ministry and life But I also need, I need grace. The tech team, I get on them all the time. You know what they need? For the slides being all janky sometimes. You know what they need? A kick in the butt, but they need grace. It's all good. What's this about? What is the slides and worship about? team person that didn't put a sticker up that said go to the next door so we had other students in here when we were supposed to have them in here what do you need a kick in the butt but you need grace right no Bible study yet because you're scared because you're lazy because you don't care the richness of Christ it's just hardship and stress <clears throat> when things are really hard when you work a lot when you're working a ton but then you also have to watch your younger siblings and then you have to that plus your friend is being weird and they're not they're not you know connecting with you like you want them to and and your siblings are are acting out when you're watching them it's really stressful because you got all these different things going on do you know what you need you that well, where do you get that joy you're not going to get it from escaping You're going to get it from enjoying Christ in you and the richness of his fellowship. You know what else you get? You get love and loneliness. So I got... And then immediately after, the girl who invited me to church, when she invited me, she was just my friend. She was very kind to me. Then I got saved, and I was like, she has to be my girlfriend now. So we became boyfriend and girlfriend. And then you know what happened? She broke up with me. But one of the many times she broke up with me, (laughs) the one that really stuck me, uh, we were for a long time, our relationship was kind of confused. He essentially led me to the Lord, and so like I thought this was a good relationship because, like, this is right, right? Like, but this has to be right. It wasn't in my life at some point. Okay, well, she broke up with me one time, and then I I don't know what happened. I slept all the way through school. Like, I I didn't even, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to skip. I was knocked out. And before I fell asleep, I was weeping. I mean, I was a mess. Was it because she was so awesome? Uh, She was a cool girl, but it's because I was so emotionally charged. And then that emotion to the gut just splattered my emotions all over my room. And then I was all messed up, little 16- or 17-year-old boy. And you know what I needed? (laughs) Kylie? Okay, that was fun. No, I didn't need Kylie right then. Kylie Kylie didn't need that, right? What I also didn't need was I didn't need for that girl to come back. I needed her to do what she did. Leave my, like, I I had, like, shared really what they were because I was a kid was toys. Like, we, I had shared things with her and, you know, whatever. So she left all my stuff in a box right at my parents' driveway. I didn't even know it. She was done. Left all my stuff in a box. And I saw that and I was like, Whoa, like you're so heartless, and it it hurt. You know what I needed? I needed the love of God in my loneliness and in my heartbreak. I needed the love of God, not the love of some little girl. Some of you, you feel lonely. Maybe not right now, because you're just in loneliness. But when you leave this place and you go home, and you stare at your screen for 10 hours a day because you have nothing else going on. It's summertime. You're texting your friend. It's all good. You're not lonely. That's what you're convincing yourself of. But you're actually lonely. Or maybe you do have a, a legit heartbreak. Maybe from some little boy. It's from something real. A parent or whatever. You know what you need? You need the love of God to visit you right there in that loneliness and, and in that heartbreak. But here's the application to know Christ, to know the love of God, to know the joy, the spirit, to know that to know Christ and the richness of his life, the life of God in you is to know his word. To know Christ is to know his word, to access those things, to be able to understand what is happening, to see God move in your life, to see. Comforting you, guess what? He's gonna to use to comfort you his word by his spirit. But it's not like you just show up and you're like, I need God to, I need to feel God. And I main worship this music makes me feel really good. Maybe God is music. Yeah, that's what it is. God is this music. Oh, Lord, I love you, right? No, 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 no. God will comfort you. God will visit you with his word. But that means you have to open it up and visit. If you seek him, he'll seek you. Draw nigh unto God and he shall what? Draw nigh unto you. So if you want to be an established member of the body right <clears throat> the contents of your mind you want to be able to see things clearly you want to enjoy them. that means you're going to have to show up and visit the word of god does that make sense and here's what I can here's what I can assure you of if you will do that if each of you will do that each body part in here from the shin So whatever the most beautiful part of the body is, if everyone will do that, this part of the body, right? Each of us is a tendon and a muscle fiber and a cell and the arm. If we will do that, I'm telling you what, this ministry is going to be full of life. You will enjoy it and so will the lost but the lost will not come in here and they will not join to us and they won't get saved. Revival won't happen if it doesn't start in our heart. You understand? It's not going to happen. This youth group will be what it is indefinitely until revival starts here. I love this youth group. This is great. It's a good time. We're Hardly even scratching the surface. I mean, we we kind of do Bible studies. Kind of. How many lost people have showed up to the Bible studies in the last year? We could probably count them on two hands. Maybe one. How effective are we in the mission? We're as effective in the mission as we are in and letting God do revival in our heart. Does it make sense? That's what we need. That's what will get the juices flowing. That will get you excited about ministry. That's the time is if you'd say, Lord, here's my heart. Take my heart. Do whatever you want with it. So as we go into main service, we're gonna go next door, and that's the time where we respond. We hear from the Lord, we respond. We go down front. You say, I'm already saved. Yeah, let's go down front. If God's knocking on your heart, don't be so proud. When Sam says, who knows if the Lord's working on your heart? Let's not be scared to raise our hand. I'm going to look at your hand. You know what? And you might look over and see my hand up. Judge me if you want. I'm just a shin. I don't care. whatever I'm not wearing shin guards I'm exposed kick me if you want whatever let's go and respond to the Lord does that make sense that's what I really really want let's just meet with the Lord okay okay I'm going to pray and then we'll be dismissed Father your word is sharp and your word it, it quickens us it makes us alive it gives us life God, your word comforts us. Your word leads and guides us. It illuminates our path. It allows us to see how we're supposed to move forward. And this morning, I believe that you are leading us. Individually, you're leading us, and we may not see it quite yet, but I believe that you're leading us in some way to draw closer to you, to obey you in some in some way or another. And God, I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be opened even now, that we would be able to see how you're moving in our life, see how you're leading us this morning, to see what it is that we need to surrender to you, to see what it is we need to do in obedience to your word. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's we need to submit to being uh, evangelistic. Maybe it's that we need to get saved this morning. We need to humble ourselves and cry out to you and let you save us whatever it is god would you help us to see it and to be humble to be broken and contrite to be available to you cuz god you're the creator and 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 you're the one in charge and this is your church and mbt belongs to you i belong to you and each person in this room rightfully belongs to you so lord with the rest of our morning, would you have your way? And God, please save, save students who are lost this morning. And those who are saved, burn, burn in us revival for your word, for your glory, for souls. God, reignite that flame in our heart. Help us to catch fire for you. Help us to have our minds and our affections set on you and you alone. Help us. God, I kind of want to just think about you know, what's next. I kind of want to feel like I'm done. Okay, I'm done now. I can check that off the box and now I can go think about fishing and playing Fox box and do all the stuff I've done all week. God, help us to, to laser focus in on, on your word and on you this morning. Change us, ask in Jesus' name, amen.